Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco, or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, and welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me. My name is Jeff Harmon. I'm the hobbyist editor at ImprovePhotography.com and the host of this podcast. Today's topic comes from a question Kent Dolezal, sorry Kent, I probably just slaughtered your name, but but he posted it on the listener's Facebook page. And if you haven't joined the page yet, head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash phototaco and ask to be a member. I'll verify you aren't a robot or a spammer and let you in. All right, before I get into the topic, I wanted to fill you in on a couple of program changes with Phototaco. Based on the feedback given on our end-of-year survey that Jim asked listeners of the podcast to fill out, we're doing two things immediately, and we're working on a couple of other changes I hope we can announce soon. So the first one is that the show is going to be longer on a consistent basis. We're going for between 20 and 30 minutes now. Had lots of feedback saying that the 7-minute goal, 12-minute goal we had before was just too short, and they needed more. So that's what we're going to do. Secondly, and you've probably already noticed this happening, we're going to be going, doing the show once a week rather than twice a week. Uh, so every Tuesday, you should have a new episode of the Photography Nerdiness headed to your favorite podcatcher. Okay, enough of the boring stuff. Let's get into Kent's question that's the topic of this episode. And he asked, can you talk about metering mode in a future podcast? I don't understand how or when to use evaluative partial spot and centered weighted modes i'm a canon shooter the t3 and t6 s thanks all right kent so you're not the first to ask the question and i think it's a great topic for this format of the the photo taco podcast and even if you think you're pretty familiar with metering modes stick around see if you might learn something just from kind of some uh, technical details about how this works and you might see metering just a little differently than you do right now So to start off with, I am going to go kind of back and do something more for the beginners. We're going to talk a little bit about what metering is overall. There's a couple of ways to do it, and then we'll talk about the specific modes. Metering is using some kind of a device to measure the light you're trying to capture with your camera and tell you what settings should be good to get a good exposure of that light. You're going to need, you're going to want some creative a licensing, you might have a specific vision that you, where you might go against what the light meter tells you the exposure should be. And there might be some good reasons to do that, even just understanding how the metering works inside your camera. But the idea is the device measures the light. And if you set a specific aperture in the light meter or on your camera, if that's the light meter you're using, it will tell you the corresponding like shutter speed that you should be using in order to get a good exposure and make a well-exposed shot. Well, with a lot of experience shooting photos, many photographers, like our very own Nick Page, get so used to the lighting conditions and knowing what settings will produce a good exposure for those conditions, they don't end up needing to use the, the light meter in the camera. Nick's pretty proud of the fact that he can, he kind of knows just based on what he's looking at, what the settings should be on his camera. And if he, he'll get pretty close and then he'll use the histogram to adjust. So he, he rarely looks at the uh, light meter information in the camera. On the other hand, I'm needing it a lot more than he does. Um, even with my hobbyist shooting only a few hours a week, 
Over the four years I've been doing it here in January 2016, I am getting closer to that. I can I can see when I'm entering a situation, kind of have a, a really general feel for where I should put, put the settings at, but I definitely still look at the light meter and see what it thinks about the light, and I check the histogram. That's probably the very best way, if you don't have any other type of light meter, is checking the histogram after you've done a shot, especially landscapes. Um, because you want to make sure you haven't blown out the highlights. Shadows, you have quite a bit of room to be able to recover from and, and raise the exposure and get some more detail there. But the highlights, if you if they're too bright, if they're blown out, there is just nothing you can do. It is gone, gone, and it's not coming back. So you, you really want to make sure you, at least you have in the histogram on the right-hand side, it's not too far over the top. All right, so that's kind of what the goal is. You use the metering to figure out what your setting should be to capture the light that you have in front of you in the way that you want. All right, um, there are two devices that can do metering, and they actually do them very differently. If you shoot anything more than a point-and-shoot camera, you already own a device that can meter. And actually, even point-and-shoots and smartphones, they're using metering too because that's how they're figuring out what the setting should be. Even though you may not have much control over them on your smartphone or in a point-and-shoot camera, you don't really, you can't, it's hard. Most of them don't let you set the shutter speed or the aperture. It figures it out for you, and it just does it. That's why it's a point-and-shoot. But it's using metering. It's, it's looking at the scene, and it's deciding within its limits how it's going to be able to take the photo. So there's metering happening there. You just, you can't really get to it. It doesn't show it, and you can't set the settings very much. But in your camera, a more advanced camera, you have that information in there and, and you can use it to make sure you get a better setting. And what's going on then with all of this metering built into any camera, it's something called reflective metering. It's measuring the levels of light being reflected off of your subject back to your camera. So the light bouncing off of the subject. All of the light meters do this method that if it's inside of the camera. And I'm sure you've seen the little scale on your camera. If you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to improve your photography, you most likely have a DSLR or a mirrorless, something more advanced than just a point-and-shoot camera. And they will have a little scale on there that has a bunch of vertical lines and then usually a zero underneath the scale, right in the middle of the scale. And that's the light meter scale. And when you go to take a photo, it will, a little dot appears somewhere on that scale and if it doesn't, it means you're either way off the scale on like underexposed or overexposed. And you need to start changing either the shutter speed or the aperture and try to get it so that the dot appears. And the goal then is to get your settings changed between aperture, ISO, and shutter speed so that that little dot is in the middle on the zero. Or if you're shooting to the right, maybe a little bit to the right of the zero, one, two, three tick marks away from it, something like that. If you don't know what shooting to the right is, go check out improvephotography.com, do a search for shooting to the right, and I have a photo taco episode that talks all about that too and why you might consider doing it um, so that you, you can get some, some interesting shots there, especially with land, landscape photography. Okay, so that's one way that you can do it. And I'm going to get to how you can actually change how the light metering kind of functions in your camera in a second. That's what Kent's real question is. But first, let's talk briefly about something that's a, like an external light meter. A light meter that is a device that that's really all it does is light metering. 
and is separate from your camera. It doesn't even control anything in your camera. It's just a little device that's completely external. And it, it can also do reflective light metering usually. Most of them support that. It, it can do exactly the same thing, but it also supports something called incident metering. And it functions a lot differently and can be significantly more accurate. So the use case would most likely be something like portraits. What you do is you take this light meter and it usually ha it has a little white ball on it that, that you know, gathers the light and you measure the light through it. And you stick it, let's say you're doing a portrait, you can stick that light meter right up next to the face of the person you're taking the photo of. And it will measure the light that is falling on your subject. So not the light that's reflecting back, but the light that's falling on your subject and can give you far more accurate information about what light is hitting there and what settings you should use to capture that light that's hitting there. Now with reflective that all of the cameras use, it can be fooled a bit. It can be fooled a lot actually based on kind of how reflective the surface is that you're taking the picture of. If that surface is really super reflective, like a lake or glass or something like that, it can fool your light meter into thinking that there's a lot more light on that scene than there is. If, whereas the incident, it won't, it's not measuring how much light's reflecting off and it will, it will get a better, more accurate portrayal of the light that's falling on it. And for, uh, for portraits that, that can be really helpful, but you can imagine for landscapes, it's really hard to say, hey, how much light's falling on that mountain off in the distance or on that lake in the halfway out there? How much light is there? It won't do that. It can't do that. So that's why you still kind of need the reflective if you uh, to, to do light metering and give you a start there. All right. So that's kind of the differences between the ways that you can do light metering. Now let's go over this specific question that Kent had. And let's start with evaluative metering. Now, and before I get into each one, actually, I should mention that um, unfortunately, just like a lot of other things, the camera manufacturers aren't making this easy on us. They may call the metering modes a different name. They may not even have all of the metering modes. Some of them only have three. Canon has four in most of their cameras. And so I'm gonna go over the Canon specific ones since that was what Kent's question was about and I'm more familiar with them being a Canon shooter myself. But uh, it, you, you may have to go do some searching online to find out if your camera calls them different things. Even if they do, they work the same way essentially. So going through this should help you even if you might have to go find what a different name is for that metering mode. All right, with Canon, they have four modes on most of their cameras. They have evaluative metering, they have center-weighted average metering, partial metering, and spot metering. And just by those names, I don't understand why there's any question on this, right? <laughs> why can't they name these things so that you, oh, it's just, I can see why people are frustrated. Like, what in the world is this? What does it mean? Or which one do I want? So let's go through it. I'll try to describe kind of how they work. And then you're really going to have to be left up to decide when you want to use it. I'll tell you kind of how I like to use it. But you may decide with different creative options that you have that you want to try a different metering mode, even though that's maybe not normally how someone might use it. You might have good reason to, or you might look at the way the light is hitting something and be like, oh, this mode is not going to be good for this. I need to change to a different one 
based on what you're trying to do. So becoming familiar with them is going to help you to make that decision. Hopefully this podcast helps you with that. So let's start with evaluative. And I want to start there because if you do nothing with your camera, if you take it out of the box, a Canon camera, this is the one it's going to be set to. It's by default. In fact, if you're not in manual or aperture priority or shutter priority, this is the mode your camera is going to default to anyway. If you're in auto or one of the other automatic settings, it's going to use this mode, period, on most of the Canon bodies. There might be some where you can change them, but this is what it's set to by default, and that's what the automatic modes use too, especially like in point-and-shoots and, and smartphones, doing a very similar thing all the time. It's kind of the default setting on all of this stuff for reflective metering that's built into cameras. All right, so evaluative metering, it's... Um, what it's doing is it's measuring the light across the whole frame, the whole subject of what you're doing, but it has a bias toward what's in focus. It will try to figure out in the scene as you're using your camera what is actually in focus, and it will try then to measure the light of everything in focus and determine how you should have your settings so that all of that area is at zero on that scale and will be that area will be a good exposure it will give you that information it's good for a lot of situations it does a pretty good job but there's times i find a lot of times i actually don't want the entire scene to be considered or everything in focus to be considered i'm trying to expose something in particular of a scene and especially if you're doing portrait work you don't want to have the whole scene like if it if it was a white background for example and you kind of want the white background to be blown out. You want it to just not be, not have any detail in it. But you want the face, you want the person to be in perfect exposure. Um, that's where you, you probably don't want evaluative metering because it's going to try really hard to find middle ground between that white background and the person and, and figure out how to make that exposed right. So that's probably not an ideal setting for portraits. It might be pretty ideal for landscape. It's going to try to find everything that's in focus. And if you're shooting landscape, you're probably trying to get everything in focus in the scene. And it's going to try to figure out, based on all the light that's there, what's kind of the middle area that you want to use in order to get the whole scene at a good exposure. And that might be pretty good. But if you have huge contrast between light and shadow in your scene, that might not work out so well. You might, you might end up with some of the parts in the lighter parts of the scene getting totally blown out in, in something you can't recover, like the sky, for example. The sky may be so bright compared to the shadows in the scene that the sky gets blown out and you can't recover any of the information there. So it might not be the right mode for that too. It just depends on what you're going for, depends on what you're shooting, and kind of how how much contrast there is, or we call it dynamic range a lot, how much dynamic range there is between the very dark parts of the scene and the very brightest parts of the scene, how different that light is. But that's the default mode. All right, so one step away from that, something where it's not the whole scene, but most of it, is called center-weighted average. So this is where it's not going to look at the edges of the scene. It's not going to work edge to edge but it's not going to just consider what's in focus either. It's going to consider in a little bit from there and try to center weight what it is. So it's going to try to put what's in the very center of the frame. That's why it's called center weighted average as more of the priority for what it is. 
And this could be a really good one for landscapes because you may have the top part of the scene is that sky. And you may want to take your metering readings and get your exposure settings from the sky by going using center weighted average and get the center of the photo up towards the sky. Tilt your camera up until the sky is in the middle point. And then you set your settings because you're getting that metering from the sky. And then you recompose. Now, this is, has nothing to do with focus. So you focus after you do this, but at least to get your settings down for your light metering, then you can do this and you, you, you read the light meter settings, change your shutter speed or aperture, probably shutter speed if you're doing landscape. And then you, you go back and recompose and then you focus and take the shots. And that's probably gonna give you what you want if you want to try to get the sky so that it's not totally blown out. It's a good way to try to make this work and it can evaluate a, a lot of the sky. And so you don't have like a, a specific cloud that could be dramatically changing what the overall lighting is of the scene or the sun. If the sun is taking up a, a little tiny bit of the scene and you want the whole thing to try to be evaluated, that might be a pretty good mode. Again, for portraits, probably not the best mode. You don't want probably that much of the scene to be considered as you're trying to get the folk or get the metering the um, to determine your settings on your camera. Okay, partial metering. Now this comes in even more. In fact, it's usually only about eight to 13% of the scene. So you can think of evaluative as the whole thing, but bias towards what's in focus. Center weighted is in some, it's not going to be the whole thing, but it's biased to what's in the center only, not what's in focus, but what's in the center. Partial metering, it that the area that it's going to look at is all the way down to only between 8 and 13% of the overall scene. So now we're getting into something that's more useful probably for portraits. Landscape, maybe. It depends on kind of your scene. If you have a lot of clouds in the sky and you want to try to get the blue of the sky and there's only a small portion that's actually the blue that you want to measure and then maybe partial meter metering would be what you want so those clouds or maybe the sun doesn't so dramatically influence your settings it's kind of again decide you got to decide kind of what you care about having be in the right exposure in your scene and so, so that's what partial metering does. It goes all the way down to what's in the center of the scene between 8 and 13%. Or in, uh, in some Canon cameras, it follows kind of where your focus point is. If you're, it, wherever your focus point is, 18, 8 to 13% around your focus point is going to be what it's looking at for the metering. All right, so then the, the smallest one is called spot metering. And that's where it's going to look at only 2 to 4%. So it's really a small little dot, um, either in the middle or where it's following focus point. Depends on your camera. You'd have to look up how it works. Uh, you may be able to choose between the two. So that's going to be a really, really small area where you can do it. And this one would be probably the very best for portraits because you can then have it focus just on maybe their face, the subject's face. And, and that's what we really want to have be exposed correctly is their face. That's what you want to base it off of. So spot metering is probably what you want for portrait photography. Just depends again on what you're doing and, and if you want what you want to have. That's how they work. So let's go over them really quickly again. Evaluative, the whole scene, bias towards what's in focus, center weighted average, 
is the the whole scene, well, most of the whole scene, but it's uh, biased towards what's in the middle of the shot, not even what's in focus, like where your focus point is, but what's in the middle of the shot. Partial metering is only 8 to 13% of the scene and either is in the center or follows your focus point. And spot metering is all the way down to a tiny 2 to 4% and measures either in the middle or where your focus point is for what your metering is. So that's what those mean. And most of the cameras have very equivalent kinds of modes for their metering. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully that answers Kent's question and, and some of the others. And, uh, and that's it for this episode. Hey, if you would, I'd love to have you pop in iTunes and give the show a review. It really helps us to make sure that we keep getting new listeners added to the show and makes it so that we can continue doing the show. Also, be sure to visit improvephotography.com for news and gear and other photo tip articles. I'm putting stuff out there all the time. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!